now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty and Tommy D. Here with your post-sermon podcast. And uh, man, what a miserable rainy week we've had. It, I walked in this morning and this is such a busy week at the church with SummerSlam mm-hmm. and a couple of the guys who've been grinding you know, long before this week even started, yeah. they're like zombies. I'm like, y'all good? They're like, this weather is not helping. <laughs> it's not helping any. Yeah. Man, it's awful. It's just terrible, this rain. I guess we needed the rain, but I'd like it to be a little bit slower in coming yes. across, you know. But, hey, I guess the Lord provides it, and we just go with it, right? Have, has the golf course, have they done their greens yet? I saw a video of the of Irish Creek. Is it and flooded? It was a river oh, running boy. across part of it. Yeah, cart path only today, I guess. Yeah, I would, well, for anybody <laughs> for who's crazy enough to be out there, yeah. um, I might try to get out there over the weekend. We'll see. Hopefully, it's dried up a well, little bit. Speaking of golf, this past week you were talking about answering the question, "What is greatness?" Yeah, I, I like the fact that you know, <laughs> not our golf game. I can show you what it's not That's out there. Right. That is right. That shows my humanity. My uh, Fallen nature, uh, my temper, yeah, lots of lots of my uh, flaws show up on the golf course. Hey, one of I remember speaking of golf. I remember the first time I ever played golf with the only people playing were pastors. I was so nervous. I'm like, oh, Leah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Sometimes I don't behave myself on a golf course. And we were about hole three when I realized. Oh, these guys are just like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about <laughs> <Yep>. it. <laughs> We're all in this together, right? That's right. So we talked about greatness this past week and, and the measure of true greatness. And, uh, uh, you know, I had this little picture of a wall chart for the kids. That's kind of where they where they measure it, right? That brought back memories. <laughs> Did that, it? Yeah, for when I was a kid and, like you said, as my girls were growing. Yeah. Yep. Measured off there. My grandson turned eight years old yesterday and... I tried to get him to show me his muscles in front of his friends in SummerSlam, but he, he wouldn't do it, you know. So, How tall is he now? He's hit a growth yeah, spurt. He, he yeah, hit a growth spurt big time. He sure did. And he measured himself up against Tracy, my wife. His calls her Emmy. How he's getting tall and up against his mom. And yeah, it's just that it's just the way it goes. And and uh but but we change, you know. Eventually we start measuring greatness by different means. Did anything come to your mind when I was talking about that? Yeah, I mean, just as a as a guy over the years, um, I think I've I've filtered greatness through my success in the corporate world, through how I was able to provide for my family, um, and I think it's very easy to kind of go down those paths, yeah, and and lose sight of what true greatness is, right? And even for a pastor, you know, we numbers we work in the church. It's yep. like how many how many people are sitting there and. How many baptisms do we yeah, have? It's, it's just, uh, and we we almost attach our worth uh, to those achievements and how how well things are doing. And and I had some people actually said that they would challenge you to push ups when I said that. Anybody who wants some, Colby was one of them. Come on, Colby! <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> listen. I, here's the thing, and you know this because we're similar in age. 
If it comes to a challenge like that, I'm going to channel my inner dad slash grandpa strength. <laughs> now, the reality is I might be in traction for the next yeah, week. Right, right, but, right. No, but, we got home and, and he, they came over for lunch. It's my son-in-law for anybody listening that doesn't know who Kilby is. And he's pretty fit. He's a brick he, house. He, yeah. He's pretty fit. And he said, I would have challenged Tom. <laughs> I said, man, I would love to have you, you seen know that. Great. And you know, I would have. If you would have, if he would have come up, I would have gone on Especially stage. Especially on a Father's Absolutely. Day. Wouldn't that have been great? Yeah. We and I would have been humiliated Man, in front we of everybody. Had a push-up contest. I might have jumped in there and gotten a few. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted for as long as either one of you guys. And uh, but but I talked about women also. I was careful where I went with that. You were in the second service, first service, man. Oh, my gosh. I got a little bit too free. It was amazing. A little bit too free. Yeah. Got in trouble for that, too. But it is funny because you actually look those, those weren't original thoughts to you. No, 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 no. That that was you setting up the message and saying, you know, what are, you know, just Googled, what do women, and it was funny how you see how different we are, Yeah. right? Guys, we find our greatness in provision and success and whatever, and women, find it in meaningful relationships, you know, it's so true. And I had a lady that came to me and said that that meaningful relationship was such a, you know, a true measurement for them. That's something they crave and desire and Mm -hmm. and some level of success. And and then fathers, you know, we've got our own separate from maybe our manhood. We've got this fatherhood lens through which we look at life and you know, I, I could have related to every one of those, every one of those. For sure. And uh, wanting to support your kids, nurture them. and Be and, a good role model. Yeah, and provide, be mm-hmm. the breadwinner. It's good stuff. You know, all of those things. Yeah, even those 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 were the secular um, answers when you searched it. They were spot on. We all relate to it. And they're not bad answers. Not at, not at all. I mean, there's yep. some good, noble causes that right. we measure greatness by and everybody has their their thing i don't know that we have a checklist that we're going down but but there's something that at the end of the day um at the end of the week when we get through a phase of life we look back on it and we go did i achieve greatness in that season mm-hmm. you know when your kids are grown where you and i are did we achieve what we would have measured greatness by and and by all accounts and purposes I would say that we both have done pretty well in that area, We've right? Been very blessed, and and so, but others would look at that and go, they didn't feel like they they measured up. But but the disciples were discussing this, and Jesus says, "Listen, your your measurements you're using are not the same measurements I'm using, and so let's rethink this whole idea of greatness." But even this account. So I love that you've been using, you know, this whole AI where people in scripture, they thought they got it right and Jesus would come along and set them straight. But this time he's not relating to someone in the crowd or. No, he's he not. Was, he was it talking to the, yeah, the, the ones that were closest to him. Yes. And it's these accounts like this that make me realize, man, I love scripture because it shows the good, the bad, the ugly. And these guys, man, they are so much like us. Oh, man, so hardly like, ever. Man, when we finally get to the kingdom of heaven, which one of us is going to be his right-hand man? Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> These guys are not good. And, and by this time, we're we're late in the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew 18. By this time, it's in Luke chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. They so had already heard the Sermon on the Mount. These guys have been around. Right? Yeah. 
he's like you said, he started the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Right. They're like, yeah, well, okay. okay hey, by the way, who's going to be at his right hand? <laughs> like, come yeah. on. This measure of greatness. And, and so the disciples wanted to be great in the kingdom of God. And, and I, you know, in the message, I kind of laid out kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. These are synonymous terms. We try to differentiate the two many times, but, but they're the same thing. And there's a, there's a measure of greatness when it comes to God's um, wall chart that, that he wants us to look at. He wants us to see those things. And so Jesus in his brilliance, I love the way, and I didn't reference this in the sermon, but in Luke chapter nine, verse 46, it says an argument arose among those as to which of them was the greatest, but Jesus knowing the reasoning of their hearts. He knew that their reasoning was not measuring up to his reasoning. Their measurements were not the same as his. Like he saw to their heart, their heart was breeding selfishness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Self, self-proclamation, mm-hmm. which is what our world is all about, right? Absolutely. Well, and, and what Jesus does in this, you know, you and I say all the time, Jesus is a master storyteller. Yeah. And in this story that he's telling, to get home his point, drive home his point, he uses a sermon illustration, right? Yeah. Yeah. An amazing sermon illustration that flew right in the face of what their culture considered great. Oh my goodness. And 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 the 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 messed up position of their hearts, mm. that they were so arrogant. And he pulls this little child in, which for us would have been a great, sure. you know, we do, oh yeah, of course, yep. that's it, that's it. But for the disciples, it was like, why are you bringing a kid in the middle, middle of, the, of our talk? Mm-hmm. Why are you bringing him in the middle of our company? That kid no is value. to be seen and not heard. Yeah. That's really the way they viewed children like- back then. See, I think that was one of those good teachable moments where, because if we're just casually listening, and and again, we don't understand the context of the scripture and who he's writing to and everybody involved, we always insert ourselves in the story. Yeah. So the person sitting out in the audience where their their lives revolve around their kids. Yeah. They wouldn't have understood the impact of what Jesus was doing. And so you did a good job of saying, man... Kids had no value. None. Zero. None whatsoever. And yet he brings them right in the middle of the right man. And I could have said, it would be like us today saying, let's bring a dog into the middle. But that wouldn't work either yeah, because people dog. highly value their, their animals, you know, Br- and, and so. I, I know I'm going to step on it, but <laughs> I mean, literally was walking down the sidewalk the other day and I thought, oh, I love babies. I saw a stroller coming my way and I just, I, I couldn't wait to look at the baby and I that was the hairiest baby. And I said, that person's pushing a dog in a stroller. Sorry for whoever I just offended. <laughs> Bro. Uh, okay, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. You oh, just, boy. So we, we don't even, I don't even know what would be the, uh, the actual modern day illustration that would be equivalent to that because, um, <laughs> yeah, but dogs and kids are in some lives are are equal, I guess. But anyway, uh, Jesus starts listing out, you know, this, this whole, or starts talking about this little child. And I kind of go went back and forth between a couple of these, um, accounts that, that were in the synoptic gospels. Um, but just tried to really pull out some, some characteristics of a child 
from the illustration of a child and just make some points about it. And the first one, um, you know, that I jotted down was that children are teachable, they're moldable, they're persuadable, you know, and, and that's a characteristic of greatness in the kingdom, right? Absolutely. I mean, well, even in, in our life, I, you know, you're, you've, you're in trouble when you stop becoming teachable. Oh yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think we go through a phase of our life where we feel like we know it all. And it's usually in our late teens, early twenties, right? You kind of, oh. kind of feel like you know everything and nobody's going to change your mind. You're dogmatic. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember even theologically, I thought I had some things figured out and right I out was of dogmatic seminary. about oh, it. Yeah. And I think the older we get, the more we realize I've got a lot left to learn oh. and I'm better not be dogmatic about anything pretty like, much except for the gospel. Yeah, of but course, as far as the totality of it, man, yeah. we've barely even touched the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. 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 But the, the phrase Jesus use there he says truly i say to you unless you turn Mm -hmm. and that's that same idea of repentance Repentance. it's that idea of a change of mind Mm -hmm. don't be so dogmatic about you think you've got everything figured out um there's something about getting into and being great in the kingdom of heaven that you don't really understand and teachability is a great characteristic of anybody who would want to be a disciple of christ yep and 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 then you went on and said and genuine humility yeah you and I've talked so many times. There's a difference in humility and false humility. Oh yeah, but but genuine humility. I think we're all guilty of false humility. I certainly am. I know that. You know, we 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 tend to put ourselves down and think that that's that's humility, but mm-hmm. really it's it's false humility. But Jesus was saying, you got to humble humble yourself and be like a child. You know, uh, and I think that goes along with that teachability. It's that knowing I've got a lot to learn and I'm eager to sit under. Jesus or the teaching of the word and learn those things. Well, think about how children uh, just look up to just the next level. I remember when I was in elementary school and, and our property bordered the high school and I'd look through the fence and see high schoolers and think, Oh my, (laughs) they've got it all figured out. He's got it all figured out. And the cool kids. Yeah. And now as adults, I'm like, they got nothing figured out. Neither did I in high Mm, school. Yeah. But if we, we had that same approach just with people that we came in interaction with, like, man, what could I learn from them and their story? Because their story is completely different than mine. Yeah. And just had that kind of posture just in general. Yeah. And then there's vulnerability. Um, you know, I, I, I talked about the part where he says, how easy it is to cause one of these little ones to stumble, bro. They're so vulnerable. Children are vulnerable. And Jesus did not hold back when he said, if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, so there was the vulnerable and then then he attached value to them. Mm -hmm. So I recognize that, that to some degree, we, we don't live up to that vulnerable aspect that like a child does. And I think we, there needs to be some level of vulnerability if we're going to grow. Right. Yeah. Speaking of kids, it's always, it, to me, just kind of from the outside looking in, even with my own kids and, and now with other kids, it almost is sad when you realize you see that switch where they start losing some of that vulnerability. Yeah. Right? They're a certain age. Yeah. And they get out of the bathtub or shower and they're just running through the house naked. Oh, yeah. And they don't think anything about it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I don't know what happens, but you know, you see them starting to kind of 
lose yeah. some of that. They get a sense of what we would call modesty, when, and you want them to get modesty that. Modesty you know? is good. Yeah. Yeah, but. But that vulnerability is gone. And, and, you know, at one point, like, you know, like I was talking about, they sit in their Sunday school class or their small group and fired up, or not fired up, we call it charity kids, but as they sit in that little small group, They'll tell everything, oh, yeah. you know, and then at some point we begin to get shameful and we won't open up and we don't become vulnerable anymore. Hey, can I tell a quick story about, like you said, hey, if you want the latest church news, <laughs> yeah. you know, volunteer. That was a great plug. Well, one of our friends back in Greensboro is a teacher, but she teaches kindergarten. You know, that's that age where they're going to share everything. So they were learning their ABCs. They went through the ABCs and it was the letter association. So A is for Apple. Yay. And they get all the way to V. And this little, this is a true story. Girl raises her hand. She says, okay, do you have V? And the teacher's thinking V is for violin or whatever. And, um, and the girl says, yes, V. V is for vodka. And my mom <laughs> loves vodka. <laughs> and teacher was like, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh, we got the biggest oh, laugh out of that. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. So you got vulnerability. Then I talked about value. And, and that's where you were getting ready to talk about that. You know, if you offend one of these little ones, you're better off having a stone tied around your neck and dropped into the deepest ocean. Yeah. Phew. That's. That's quite the value Jesus attached to a child. And as children of God, there's value attached to us. Amen. Not That's, because of who we are. But because of who he is. That's because right. the, the, we're attached to him. Goes on, talked about the uh, the helpful servant. And, and, and I got a kick out of this one because, man, my grandkids love to help out. They really do. I, Charlie, I think of her. And, and uh, I remember we were on our back deck one day and... I think Luke was doing something on one end of the deck and he was needing something. And Charlie, this has been at least a year, maybe two years ago. She was real tiny and she wanted to help so badly that she grabbed whatever it was that Lucas needed and she was heading over. And one of our, we've got some rocking chairs out there and one of the legs stuck out too far and she tripped over it, but she did not drop oh, whatever man. it was she was holding, but she was crying, but still wanted to make sure that Luke got what That's he needed. Awesome. But it's just that idea of wanting to be a helpful servant. Porter, my one that just turned eight, he's been saving up money and he's wanting to buy a, a Nintendo Switch. And man, he's helping me in the flower beds. He's helping his other grandma in the, help, in the flower beds and just doing anything he can to be a servant. And, and that's a good characteristic. Absolutely. Um, by the way, the it was absolutely hilarious when you were talking about when Lucas finally got old enough to mow the yard and he's out there sweating, his skin's melting off, and yeah. you're sitting under the ceiling fan with iced tea. That was hilarious. Yeah, he probably wasn't willingly doing that. I was making him do that. You, you know, know I saw his chores. Uh, last night at the grocery store, I saw such a, an example. You're talking about these young kids and they want to help. There was a girl, she looked like she was maybe four, and she was pushing the bottom half of the shopping cart, and her yeah. dad was trying to help her steer. She was running into people's ankles. But I thought <laughs> it was such a cool moment because I, I mean, she literally hit like multiple people. They did not get mad, they recognized what was happening. They had big grins. The dad, as he passed, kind of nodded, like, thank you. But it was so cool to watch her. She was just trying yeah. to help her dad. It was just a cool moment. People are graceful when they understand the context. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And then uh, we moved on to insignificant. That, that one was kind of hard to articulate, but I think I got it better in the second service where, you know, whenever you put a child in the midst of this crowd of men that Jesus was talking to, that child felt insignificant in the midst of all these 
men, especially Jesus, which the point I was trying to get across is that we too should feel insignificant in the kingdom. That's right. In that sense, that God is so great and God's kingdom is so great and, and magnificent that we as just small people in that should feel insignificant. Certainly God values us, but in the scheme of things, we should feel that way. Yeah, and you can feel that way without uh, diminishing your value. Yeah. I think that understanding our insignificance is one of those things that grows the more we grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. So all of these kind of go together in coming to Christ. They, they, we have to be vulnerable to get to the position to even recognize we're in need of a Savior. Yeah. But then when we realize who he is and what he's done for us, we're going to realize our insignificance and that only grows, I believe. And yeah. So that's a healthy thing. Yeah. So for, from the beginning, we see value. God, right. God began to pursue Adam and Eve as soon as they fell. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was after. He went to get searching for them yep. in the garden. So there was value attached. And he provided the first sacrifice. I mean, he's constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to restore that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing that we talked about was uh, just being lovable. And and children are so lovable. And I, you know, and I've often said that anybody that can't love a baby, can't love a child. There's just something wrong. Yeah. There is something wrong. And Jesus recognizes whoever receives one such child in my name, you're receiving me. And if you receive me, you're receiving the one who sent me, which is the father. So Jesus, you know, taps into who he is as the deity there. But certainly need to love. Well, I think just a great question to leave even on the podcast. You left it with us is just examining your own life and how what is it that we're measuring greatness uh, in our own lives but more importantly for us all to leave today and wrestle with is how are we doing measuring up to God's standard? Cause that's the real one. That's the, know. that's the one we the need to. The world has one and it's uh you know, how many followers do you have on social media? Yeah. You know, how much influence do you have? And God is saying, listen, I'll tell you how you measure greatness by how humble you are Amen. and how you, you serve other people. So well, we only have one more week, right? This is it. Yeah. Man. One more week. Yeah. You got a tease for us? I do. I do. We're going to be talking about um, what are the principles that we should build our life upon? Hmm. What are the foundational principles that we should build our life upon? And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited good. about this one. I'm nice. excited about this one. This is kind of where Jesus closed out the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. And uh, so, yeah, should be exciting. Looking forward to it. God bless. See you Sunday. See you.